0: All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And that is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, And next to me, like always, the president of this book factory. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another B.O.D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you hear that song coming on, we are going to be going through the body of divinity by Thomas Watson. Uh, and this was published by Banner of Truth. So uh, um, we are going to be talking today about uh, the scriptures. Um, we started doing the bo- the Body of Divinity. Uh, we started with episode uh, 142, and then episode 149, episode 151, and uh, episode 155. So please. Go back and listen to those uh, podcasts uh, as we started uh, going through this uh, book. And and again, we are going back in time over 200 years. Uh, It has been uh, a a great blessing uh, for me, and I'm sure for uh, Steve, for you too, just going through this book. I mean, just rich truth. Uh, as we start going through, we've been going through this book.
1: Yeah, just very rich, very concise, you know, yet very thorough. I mm. mean, he just fleshes out every point, every every point of doctrine that yeah. you can think of. And uh, so we 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 finally finished up with man's chief end. The first Q and A from uh, Westminster shorter catechism and now we are on number two the scriptures mm. so looking forward to talking about that today yeah
0: absolutely um and just update with everything going on guys uh we are uh moving forward with the building uh um, so hopefully we are getting everything squared away and hopefully going in there here in the next six, seven, maybe eight months. Um, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. So again, thank you everybody for, uh, giving to the building. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm excited. And uh, and and we couldn't do it without God, with you guys, and how God just moves your moved your heart to to give to this ministry. Uh, we have a lot of exciting things just coming up. I I've, I've been saying that, but man, like I, I I just can't wait. Like we just got some cool things just happening.
1: We do, and I am especially excited about the Spanish, yes. The Spanish outreach that we've got going on. And, yeah, uh, the ministries, the podcasts. That we're going to be doing, and we are doing already in uh, Spanish, and yeah. looking forward to doing some
0: conferences. Yeah, that's going to be uh, awesome. So. Yeah, no, and 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 pff, yeah, it, and when we've been saying that we've been busy, a lot of it had, 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 has. Excuse me. It's because of the Spanish uh, side of everything. I mean, Steve and Cielo and Joey and Eduardo and Dr. Rafael and just other people have. The Lord has just been bringing people to the ministry. He has to. Been.
1: Yeah, it's it's a group effort for sure.
0: Yeah, because my Spanish is just horrible. I've been I've been helping out Dr. Rafael, and I'm just like I can't wait for Eduardo to come down here so he can be his uh, co-host because yeah, I, I sound like an idiot sometimes. <laughs> Chicago born and bred Spanish yeah. Alright, well ladies and gentlemen Please make sure to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify And please visit our website at org. Alright Steve, well let's get this uh, podcast started Let's and do it Let's do it So uh, Steve, why don't we begin We are on page 26 of the Body of Divinity And we're in the part of Scripture mm.
1: So question number two, what rule hath God given to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him? And he answers by saying the word of God, which is contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments, is the only rule to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him
0: yeah and and we just opened up the podcast with uh second Timothy uh, chapter 3 verse 16. he 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 goes on to say that all scripture is given by inspiration of God by scripture he understood the sacred book of God and it is given by divine inspiration that is the scripture is not to the contrivance of man's brain, sorry, uh, which means imaginations, but imagination of man's brain, but his divine in its origin. Uh, he goes on to say the image of Diana was held in veneration by the Ephesians because they suppose it fell from Jupiter.
1: Yeah. And then he quotes from Acts, Acts uh, 11. Mm-hmm. 14. No, 14. I'm sorry. X fourteen thirty five. The Holy Scripture is to be highly reverenced and esteemed because we, we are sure it came from heaven. And the two testaments are the two lips by which God has spoken to us. So, scriptures are inspired by God. They're not. They're not man-generated, not man-centered. These are. These are uh, words that are written down by man, but they are inspired by the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, it, um, it's going to be interesting as we go to these points here. Um, and, and I'm going to let you talk this uh, sec- this part here uh, when he answers this fir- uh, is asking this first question because uh, you get to speak a little Latin. <laughs> okay, so here we go. How does it appear that the scriptures
1: have a hus duenum? How do you like that? Yeah. Hus duenum, a divine authority stamped upon them. So Latin, obviously. But... How does it appear that scriptures have that divine authority stamped upon them? And he says, Because the Old and New Testament are the foundation of all religion. If their divinity cannot be proved, the foundation on which we build our faith is gone. Mm. I shall therefore endeavor to prove this great truth that the scriptures are the very word of God. And then he goes on to talk about uh, basically seven points Mm. that he gives seven cogent arguments by which we may come to believe, uh, that the scriptures are the word of God.
0: I really like that. He says, he says, I wonder whence the scripture should come. If not from God, bad men could not be the authors of it. Hmm. Would their minds be employed in indicting such holy lines? Would they declare so fiercely against sin? Good men could not be the author of it. Could they write in such a strain or could it stand with their grace to counterfeit God's name and put thus says the Lord to a book of their own devising, nor could in any angel in heaven be the author of it because the angel prize and in search into the abyss of the, of gospel mystery. That is so true. That was one thing that really, really just struck out to me. If you're going to write a book about yourself, you would never put bad things about mm, about yeah, yourself.
1: Exactly. You would just put your, your best face forward. Yeah.
0: And I, I really found that interesting that he points that out.
1: Yeah. That's what I like about scripture. It's so real. It gives the good, the bad, and the ugly. So he says, he goes on to talk about these seven cogent arguments mm. that uh, he gives, these reasons to believe that the scripture is the word of God. And number one is it's antiquity. It is of ancient standing. The gray hairs of Scripture make Mm -hmm. it venerable. No human histories extant or in existence reach further than Noah's flood. But the Holy Scripture relates matters of fact that have been from the beginning of the world. It writes of things before time. That is a sure rule of Tertullian. That which is of the greatest antiquity is to be received as most sacred and authentic. You're not going to read the Latin, though? Bro? I'm going skip, <laughs> to skip the Latin sentence on that one. I
0: was trying to pronounce it. It was id uh, verum quod prim, prim, primum? primum? Yeah. So, yeah, th- there's a lot of Latin in this book. So he goes on to say in point two, we may know the scriptures to be the word of God in its miraculous perser- preservation in all ages. Mm. The holy scriptures are the richest jewels that Christ has left us. And the church of God has so kept these public records of heavens th- that they have not been lost. Yes,
1: yes. Just by virtue of the fact that we have these manuscripts, these writings from thousands of years ago, from yeah. what, four to 5,000 years ago.
0: Yeah. And it's amazing uh, when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls back in what, the 40s? The or 40s. The yeah. 40s. That um, when they're comparing it to scripture, there's nothing there that is different. Right. I mean, we know that there's just They're little variants there's of just yeah let it, but it's nothing has changed. That I was surprised about that, you know. Not surprised because I know that God's preserving his word, but time and time and again, when man digs in the sand, uh the Bible just mm. proves itself. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. That we have nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be worried of that, that's that we're gonna find
0: something that contradicts scripture. Mm-hmm. He goes on, uh, he points out that they have been given out a law concerning scripture as Pharaoh did the midwives concerning the Hebrew women, children to strangle in the birth. But God has preserved this blessed, blessed book inviolable to this day. The devil and his agents have been blowing at scripture's light, but never blowing it out. A clear sign that it was uh, it was uh, lighted from heaven. Yeah. And he says here before this. This part is section two. The letters of scriptures have been preserved without any corruption in its original tongue. The scriptures were not corrupted before Christ's time, for then Christ would not have have sent the Jews to them. He said, search the scriptures. He knew the sacred springs were not muddled with human fancies. Yeah. Amen. And then the third...
1: Argument that he gives is the scripture appears to be the word of God by the matter contained in it. The mystery of scripture is so abstruse and profound that no man or angel could have known it had Mm -hmm. it not been divinely revealed. And then he goes on to talk about uh, that eternity should be born. You know, in other words, that Jesus would become human, that he who thunders in the heavens should cry in the cradle. He who rules the stars should suck the breast, that the prince of life should die, that the Lord of glory should be put to shame, that sin should be punished to the full, yet pardoned to the full. Who could ever have conceived of such a mystery had not the scripture revealed it to us? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who would have come up with so great a salvation, so so merciful a way of salvation, mm. except for God? You know, obviously not the contrivance of, not from the original, from any human thinking, but only God could have done such a great thing and, and a merciful thing for us, to be to become human, to to be just, and the justifier of the one who has faith in Christ, you know, so that his uh, his holiness is preserved, his wrath against sin is preserved. Yet he also pays the full penalty for sin by him own, by his own self in
0: Christ Jesus. You know what? Who who could have thought of that? Yeah, and and I know that we probably don't. I, I really enjoy going through this part, just so we can just think uh, just very deeply about what it, what the scriptures really mean. You know, sometimes we just, yeah, they're, they're inspired, they're inerrant, you know, but man, what, what really does it mean? These scriptures have been preserved in time yeah, without error. Yeah. He says, the matter of the scripture, so full of goodness, justice, and sanctity, sanctity, that it could be breathed from none, but God, so the holy of it, the holiness of it, shows it to be of God. Uh, scripture is compared to silver refined seven times, and that is uh, Psalms twelve six.
1: He talks about uh, all the laws and edicts of men have had their corruptions, but the word of God has not the least tincture. It is of a meridian splendor. Mm. The word, Thy word, is very pure, like wine that comes from the grape, which is not mixed nor adulterated. It is so pure that it purifies everything else. Sanctify them through thy truth. From John 17,
0: 17. Yeah, wow. And he ends that part, who could be the author of such a book but God himself? Yeah. I mean, I, I love how he uses that expression. It's just like that, that word is very pure, like wine. Yes. comes from the grape.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: It just reminds me of... Uh,
1: Calvin talks about Scripture bearing its own authentication. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says in his Institutes, he says, Calvin says, Let this point therefore stand, that those whom the Holy Spirit has inwardly taught rest upon Scripture, and that Scripture indeed is self-authenticated. Hence, it is not right to subject it to the proof of reasoning. And that's what we see in Scripture, right? We see by the majesty of it, and by the testimony of the Holy Spirit, of course, But it's it's self-authenticating.
0: He goes on to uh, point number four. He says that the scripture is the word of God is evident by its prediction. It's prophecies of things to come, which show the voice of God speaking in it. It was foretold by the prophets. A virgin shall conceive uh, and the Messiah shall be cut off. The scriptures foretell, and I'm sorry, I should read the verses where he says, "A virgin shall conceive," and that is Isaiah 7:14, and the Messiah shall be cut off, and that is Daniel 4:26. The scriptures foretell things that would fall out many ages and centuries after, as long as Israel should serve in the iron furnace, and the very day of their deliverance, mm-hmm. uh, Exodus uh, 12 serves and uh, serves. Uh, sorry, Exodus. 1241, at the end of the four hundred four hundred and thirty years, even the self same day it came to pass that the hosts of the Lord went out of Egypt. This prediction of future things merely contingent and not depending upon natural causes, it is a clear demonstration of its divine origin. Amen. What do you do about prophecy and the predictions that we see from the Old Testament? and being yeah. fulfilled in the in the New Testament.
1: And to think of all of the things that have to happen along the way in order for that prophecy 430 years later mm-hmm. to be fulfilled, Yeah, you know, that Jacob's family goes to Egypt, you know, and they multiply, you know, and they become very numerous. God blesses them, you know, and then there's other kings and pharaohs that come along and finally a king that doesn't, respect them, you know, anymore. And, and that leads to, (laughs) that leads to Moses, you know, and and the things that happened to have to happen in his life for him to do what he did. You know, I mean, these things just don't happen by chance. Obviously they're God ordained.
0: Yeah. What about God calling you at the age of 80 to go do his work? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Silent for 40 years in Moses's life. And out of, That's out, crazy. Out, of no, out of nowhere, I'm sure Moses is like, what's going, like, he calls him out. And that, I, that to me, I, I always like blows my mind. Like, I wonder what he was just doing for 40 for years. For 40 years. Yeah.
1: And I think that just goes to speak that God is not, God is patient, you know? Yeah. His time is not our time. <laughs> no. He works a, things out according to his plan. No.
0: Yeah, Exactly.
1: Point number five, the argument number five that uh, Thomas Watson gives here is the impartiality of those men of God who wrote the scriptures, who did not do not spare to set down their own failings. What man that writes a history would black his own face by recording those things of himself that might stain his reputation? And isn't that true? He, he talks about Moses mm-hmm. uh, with, when he is impatient and he strikes the rock and tells, tells us that he could not... Scripture tells us that he could not, on account of that, enter the land of promise. Mm. You know, David relates his own adultery and bloodshed, which stands as a blot to the succeeding ages. You know, Peter relates his own uh, denial of Christ, you know, and it goes on and on, you know. So we have, we see here the reality, the sin, the fallen nature of these men, you know, who when they're writing their own story, would do that, would tell that story about themselves.
0: Man, that's what we were saying earlier. And I really, he points out, men usually rather hide their blemish than publish them to the world. But the penmen of holy scripture eclipse their own name. They take away all glory from themselves and give glory to God.
1: Yeah, amen.
0: You know, we've, in the podcast, that uh, in, in, in all the podcasts that we've done, we've run authors and we've talked about this book, Um, and we've done testimony we always want to point everybody to the glorification of god to christ Mm -hmm. because this is not about us it's not guys it's not about us it's about him and how he's bringing glory to himself i mean just like in this the, the, the section before on prophecy he's the one moving the pieces of time to make his name famous amongst all people amen
1: Amen. And then when he is glorified, that's the irony is that in his glorification, we find our satisfaction. Absolutely. Right? We're fulfilled. We are who we were created to be when we glorify God.
0: And that's something that I want to have a better understanding as uh, I grow and I mature, um, that no matter what's happening in my life, mm. no matter what pain, the loss, the the sickness, right? And, and those things we don't like, you know, let's be honest about that. We don't like pain, we avoid pain at all costs, we try to avoid loss at all costs. We try to control things which we can't control. But reminding myself, reminding ourselves to give glory to him, thy will be, that your will, thy will be done, not ours. Mm. Right? Amen. And and that's hard, but it's something that I have to learn and continue to mature in. Yeah. So understand
1: that. Amen. So then he goes on with point number six. He says the mighty power and ethics, efficacy that the word has had upon the souls and consciences of men. It has changed their hearts. Some, by reading Scripture, have been re- have been turned into other men. They have been made holy and gracious. And I mean, we've had we've had podcasts right with guests on who have mm, talked about that. I think yeah. of, I think of uh, Jose. You know yeah. how in reading romans the book of romans he was just convicted you know and at first it made him mad you know (laughs) i know he's the way he said it It was like
0: he just made me so mad
1: (laughs) but then the lord just worked on his heart you know and just a 180 transformation in his life to see him now it's just it's just it's supernatural it could only be by the word of
0: god isn't it amazing how just uh books of the Bible does that Romans being one of them it, it was for me i mean one of our great heroes in the faith martin luther yeah
1: absolutely
0: what happened to him when he was going through romans yeah he he realized who he was the doors of heaven opened as it were and yeah i think he, he goes on to say here if you should set a seal upon the marble and it should make the impression upon the upon the marble and leave a print behind the world would be a strange virtue in that seal so when the seal of the word leaves a heavenly print of grace upon the heart there must need be a power going along with that word no less than divine Mm -hmm. it has uh, comforted their hearts Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah.
1: And then he says, when Christians have sat by the rivers weeping, the Mm. word has dropped as honey and sweetly revived them. And I think we can all relate to that, you know, how sometimes we'll read the word and it's just revived us, you know, Mm. it's like a balm for our soul.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, when a poor soul has been ready to faint, it had nothing to comfort it, but scripture, uh, but a scripture cordial. When it has been sick, the word has revived it. Our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us as far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. When it has been deserted, the word has dropped in the golden oil of joy. Lamentations 3.31. Yeah. The Lord will not cast off forever. Mm.
1: And I love the uh, the metaphors that he uses here. Mm. Now the scriptures having such an exhilarating, heart-comforting power in them show, shows clearly that they are of God, and it is he that has put the milk of consolation into these breasts.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, he goes on to point seven as we move forward here. The mir- The miracles by which scripture is confirmed, miracles were used by Moses Elijah and Christ and were continued many years after by the apostle to confirm the uh, the verity of the of the holy scriptures or the truth of the holy scriptures
1: yeah yeah and that's what we see throughout uh, the gospels right we see Christ verifying the reality of who he is by uh, the miracles that he that he uh, that he provided for the people, and uh, it just attested to the reality that he was the Messiah. That he, what he said was true, and we see that also with you know in the in the Old Testament with mm-hmm. Moses and Elijah and the miracles that they conform, that they uh, performed, you know,
0: confirming that their words were from God. Yeah, and he and he ends this section. Thus, God has set a seal to the truth. And divinity of the scriptures by the miracles. He yeah. he he does talk about some of the miracle miracles here. We won't read them, you know for for our, for our brothers and sisters in Christ. You guys know those miracles. So pick a pick up a copy of the book. <laughs> go, go get a Bible. There you go. <laughs> oh man.
1: And so we're going on to the to the next section. He uh, says on page 30, top of page 30, the papists cannot deny that the scripture is divine. So papists, he's talking about the Roman Catholic Church, basically, cannot deny that the scripture is divine and sacred, but they affirm, quod nos, with respect to us, it receives its divine authority from the church. Mm. And in proof of it, they bring the scripture, 1 Timothy 3.15, where the church is said to be the ground and pillar of truth. And so uh, Thomas Watson says, It is true the church is a pillar of truth, but it does not, therefore, follow that the scripture has its authority from the church. The king's proclamation is fixed on the pillar. The pillar holds it out. That all may read, but the proclamation does not receive its authority from the pillar, but from the king. So the church holds forth the scriptures, but they do not receive their authority from the church, but from God. If the word of God be divine merely because the church holds it forth, then it will follow that our faith is to be built upon the church and not upon the word, contrary to Ephesians 2.20. And here's the key text. Built on the foundation that is the doctrine of the apostles and
0: prophets. Yeah. And, you know, we we live in a city that is predominantly uh, Roman Catholic. Catholicism rules supreme here in this yeah. city. Um, and I find that interesting that how he just uh, goes ahead and explains that this, the scriptures, the foundation, is the base, base on the apostles and the prophet. It's not the church. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I love the way Calvin puts it again. He puts the, he says it this way regarding this point, but a most pernicious error widely prevails that scripture has only so much weight as is conceded to it by the consent of the church, as if the eternal and inviolable truth of God depended upon the decision of men for they mock the Holy scripture when they ask who can convince us that these writings came from God.
0: Yeah. I mean, the authority comes from God. It, It all comes from God. Yeah. Uh, He goes on and he asks a question, are all the books in the Bible of the same divine authority, those which we call canonicals? Mm -hmm. Why are the scriptures called canonicals? Because the word is the rule of faith, a canon to direct our lives. The word is the judge of the controversy (laughs) controvert. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Controversies. The rock of infallibility that only is to be received for truth, which agrees with scripture as the transcripts with the original. All maxims and divinity are to be brought to the touchstone of scripture as all measures are brought to the standard. Mm, amen. That's some good stuff there.
1: The word is a rule of faith, a canon to direct our lives. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, Are the scriptures a complete rule or canon? The scripture is a full and perfect canon, containing in it all things necessary to salvation. And then again he quotes Second Timothy 3, From a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. It shows the credenda, what we believe, are to believe, and the agenda, what we are to practice. It gives us an exact model of religion and perfectly instructs us in the deep things of God.
0: The things that God has revealed to us—they're mm. there. Amen. They're—they're they're in Scripture. I, you know, we—we—we've been um, in the past just talk about all the different uh, uh, churches and false teachers and, and and some of those that we see that are in the charismatic movement that are always searching for everything outside of the scripture Mm -hmm. there's something new something new that it's it's never enough like yeah hebrews tells us otherwise you know in the beginning that everything we just need the scriptures everything that it's there I, i i don't get it i have a hard time with that you know if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not listen if somebody rises.
1: <clears throat> if somebody rises from the dead, right? Yeah. The parable that Jesus told about uh, Lazarus and the rich, rich man. Yeah. So we have the scriptures. We have the words of God. We have all that we
0: need. That's crazy. He tells them, even if they <laughs> even if they see a dead man rise up, they still won't believe it. They still it. won't believe it. That's, that's just, That blows my mind. Uh, he goes on to the next question: What is the main scope and the end of Scripture? To reveal a way of salvation, it makes a clear discovery of Christ. John twenty thirty one: These things are written that ye, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing ye might have life through his name hmm. the design of the word is to test whereby our grace is to be tried a sea mark to show us what rocks are to be
1: avoided yeah the word is to sublimate and quicken our affection it is to be our directory and consolatory it is to waft us over to the land of promise
0: i like i like how he says that amen cuz that's what it is i mean amen he goes on to this section who shall have the power of interpreting scripture. Yeah. This no, is this really is a, this is a big one. Yeah. The papists assert that there is it is in the power of the church. If you ask whom they mean by the church, they say the pope who is the head of it and he is infallible. So a uh, Bellarmine but that assertion is false because many of the popes have been ignorant and vicious at a plantilla affirm who writes the lives of the Pope. Yeah. And then he mentions uh, Pope uh Liberus was in Arian, Pope John the Seventh uh, denied the immorality of the soul. Therefore the popes are not fit interpreters of scripture. Who then? Who then? And then he answers, the scriptures, and this is key, this is a
1: Mm. critical point. The scripture is to be its own interpreter. Let scripture interpret itself, or rather the spirit speaking in it. Nothing can cut the diamond, but the diamond. Nothing Mm. can interpret scripture, but scripture. The sun best discovers itself by its own beams. The scripture interprets itself to the understanding. But the question is concerning hard places of scripture where the weak Christian is ready to wade beyond his depth. Who shall interpret here? And then he says, the church of God has appointed some men to expound and interpret scripture. Therefore, he has given gifts to men. Mm, yeah. Good, good I, advice.
0: That is. And, and we know, uh, you know, we don't, we follow God, but God is gifted. Pastors and Shepherd to expound the word. Oh
1: man, thank God for those people who have that mm-hmm. expertise who have put in years and years and years of study, you know, who God has just gifted to be teachers. I mean, we're just talking about sprawl yeah. and how gifted he was to be able to take profound uh, theology, you know, and just bring it bring it down so that you
0: can read it and understand it and apply it. Yeah. I mean, he goes on several pastors of churches like bright constellation, give light to dark scriptures, Malachi two, seven, the priesthood should keep knowledge and they should seek the law at his mouth. I, I, I believe this 100% that God gives, we we know that God gives gifts, man. But when God gives the gift to some men Mm. on expounding the word, exegesing the word in, in its, in its true, uh, sense and meaning, um, I've been blessed by it. Oh,
1: man. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, you know, this, (laughs) yeah,
1: go ahead. No, I was just going to say one other point that I think is critical in this, in letting scripture interpret scripture is, is the reason why it's so important for us to read the entirety of scripture. Right. Because scripture is not going to contradict itself, Mm -hmm. but it's important that we read the entirety of scripture. That's why I just, I have an allergy against, selling people just the New Testament. Yes. You know, when people come in and they want the New Testament, I'll encourage them to, to, to get the whole Bible. Um, because we need, we need the Old Testament because it points forward to, and is fulfilled in that new covenant, that New Testament. We were just talking
0: about that last Saturday when we were, we were going through the book and in him. Yeah, exactly. How important the Old Testament plays into the New Testament. You just can't, you cannot separate yourself from the Old Testament. For our listeners, for our worldwide listeners out there, if somebody at, If your pastor, if your shepherd at the pulpit says that we need to separate from the Old Testament, please run. Yeah, exactly. Get out of there. Run the other direction. Jesus spends his ministry quoting the the Old Testament. That's That's the
1: scripture that he used.
0: He's fulfilling everything in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament. And and going back to scripture, interpreting scripture, um, this is... It's, it's, it's important also because we live in a time and this is, this has been gone on forever. You know, people take scripture and twist it, Mm, right? We see the devil do it to Christ, right? And Jesus has to correct it Mm -hmm, with scripture. scripture. We know that story, right? and, And that to me, you know is always uh something that I look back on like you see all these false teachers false uh pastors that start throwing scripture out to everybody out of its context out of its context out yeah. of its meaning and you're just like whoa 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 and and we can't if you're not reading your scriptures you can't be discerning on those things absolutely you, like- you we can't we can't be lazy Hmm. Yeah. brothers and sisters requires hard work. It is because that's the only way that we're going to protect ourselves from false teachers. Amen. It's like, uh,
1: I'm always reminded of D.A. Carson's famous axiom, a, a, a scripture taken out of context is a proof text for a, is a pretext for a proof text, hmm. you know? So it's, it's always just so important to make sure that we're reading the entirety of scripture, that we're reading it in context, that we're using other scripture you interpret it
0: uh and then on this section but this is to pin our faith upon men. we are to receive nothing for truth but what is agreeable to the word god has given to his ministers gifts for interpreting obscured place places so that he has given to his people so much of the spirit of discerning that they can tell at least in the things necessary to salvation what is the consonant to scripture and And what it's, it's not. And, uh, he, he goes on to talk about the Bereans. Yes. Paul was speaking truth, but the Bereans, they searched the scriptures daily, whether the things, things were so they
1: weighed the doctrine they heard. He says, whether it was agreeable to scripture, though, Paul and Silas were their teachers. So they didn't just take Paul and Silas's word. I mean, if you're going to take anybody's word. It would be Paul, right? Yeah. But they searched the scriptures. And in this case, the scriptures would be the Old Old Testament. Testament. Yeah. They
0: they didn't have um, the Gospels, guys. Not yet. Not yet. So they're searching the Old Testament for what Paul said. Like, this is the Apostle Paul and these Bereans, you know, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we might see that you're from God, but we want to make sure what's coming out of your mouth is truth. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, let's be Bereans. Be diligent in your study. Please, 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 please. And it's okay to go up to your shepherd, your pastor, your elder, and ask them questions, you know? Absolutely. And if you don't get a an
1: answer that you're satisfied with, you know, ask somebody else. I'm not saying their answer is bad, but you know, it's, it's, it's also good to investigate Mm -hmm. on your own and to make sure that the things that you're being taught are true to scripture.
0: And a, and a humble shepherd and a humble pastor will receive that. Absolutely, and we'll clarify if he has misspoken. Yep, which we all do. Which we all do. Let, let's uh, let's not be getting on our pastors when they mess up in the pulpit. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and and if there is something that he said, and you come at ap- come to him after the service or ask him an email, whatever it might be, to clarify those things, uh, a humble shepherd will clarify those things. You bet. You know, and he should be he should be excited that you're asking. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, I I think it just lets him know that people are listening. Amen. Yeah. At least that's 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 my thought. Yep. Yeah. Good discussion. This is really good. So uh, the uh, the next uh, body of the divinity will still continue on with uh, scripture. Um, we're going to talk about the uses of we're, scripture we're, that he highlights. Yes, we'll we'll talk about the uses. So. Uh, that should be very, very exciting as we go through this book and as we uh, take a time machine in the past. Uh, a Body of Divinity by Thomas Watson by Banner of Truth Trust Publishing. Um, and it's been absolutely Edifying for me to go through this book and pick up a copy if you don't have one yet. Yes, highly worth it. Yeah, if you guys just want to get ahead of ourselves, uh, get ahead of sorry, of us and just read through the book, I I think you will be very, Mm. very blessed. You bet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes this week's episode on the Body of Divinity by Thomas Watson. And um, man, Steve, awesome stuff. It is. I'm excited about next next section. Yeah. So please make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Send us an email or something. You know, let us know you're out there listening. We always like hearing from people. And we got some cool guests coming up. So uh, just uh, pay pay attention and be ready for those alerts on your Bridge app. And, yeah, and if you guys don't know, make sure you download that Bridge app. Amen. Bridge Ministries. You betcha. All right, guys. Until next time.